Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Oh, uh, old rag. Um, handouts here. Grab one before you go, or just go ahead and sign up. We'll get some iPads out here. Uh, I also want to say a special thanks to Scott and the team that set up this morning. I came up here and everything was ready to go. It was a huge pleasure. So thank you, Scott, and everybody else who helped. Awesome. We're talking this morning about confession. And I'd like to start by just going right to some application, if I could. Um, so what I'm going to do, actually, is... Um, Russ, let's talk. You got anything you want to talk to us about this morning? A lot. Well, we, we got all morning. <laughs> Russell, forgive me. It was about forgiveness, right? He's my brother. He's a... Um, I don't think that's what we really have in mind when we're going to talk about confession this morning, um, but it's sometimes what we have in mind uh, when we think about it, right? Confession is what, what am I carrying this around for? Confession is what the other guy does, not what I do. Um, and I want to kind of shift gears on that a little bit, and I want us to think about it um, in, in a few different ways. So, How many of you think of confession like that? It's kind of scary, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it, it, it's, a, it's a scary word. It's a hard word sometimes. Um, but we don't need to think about it that way. Uh, we're going to look at confession a few different ways. Um, so I want to I start just by talking a little bit about what one thing Foster distinguishes in his book. He distinguishes between the grace of confessions. The grace of confessions would be what? Forgiveness, Forgiveness right? It's in the peer review of God. It was what God does for us when we confess. Um, and he distinguishes between that and the discipline of confession. And since we're talking about discipline here, obviously we're going to focus on the discipline of confession. Um, and the discipline of confession isn't focused so much on, on our forgiveness. Obviously, that's a very important conf uh, part of confession. But it's the discipline, it's uh, focused on our growth, right? So why are we all here? Why are we having this whole series on spiritual disciplines and spiritual formation? To have bagels? To grow, exactly. Uh, Foster notes, it, with, with a little help from a guy named Paul, that the discipline of confession helps the believer grow into mature manhood to the full measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so uh, it's about our spiritual walk, and, and it's a tool that we use actually to become more Christ-like, and that's what we want to look at today. So we're going to actually get practical here in a little bit. Um, I'm not going to be throwing a bunch of theology at you this morning. Um, but I do want you to remember that it is about a workout. It's about, you know, exercising ourselves. That's, that's why we have a dumbbell up here. The one on the screen, not the one talking. Um, so we're going to look at this a little bit, a little bit uh, more detail. So there's, there's, there's two types of confession in the Bible. There's the confession of Christ, okay, or God, okay, which is our proclamation of belief in God and and then we have the conf uh, confession of sin, and I'm just, I'm not going to go into detail on that, uh, but just to highlight um, those two, we're going to be talking about confession of sin today, because it's so much more fun, isn't it? Um, here are just a few verses. Uh, I've included these really just to show you that, um, yeah, confession is biblical. I don't think I probably had to convince anybody of that, um, but we, we see like in, in, in the Old Testament, obviously, we, we have confession that accompanied the sacrifice. We no longer need the sacrifice, right? Because of who? You guys are going to wake up, man. Jesus. 
Jesus died for us. We don't need the sacrifice, but we still need to confess. John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we, we, we know here, we've established that we're, we're talking about uh, sin and we're talking about uh, confession of that sin. Um, and I, noticed, I noted before that we're talking about discipline. So uh, what I want you all to do, if you would, is just open up your Bibles or turn them on or beam them in or whatever you have. Uh, to Psalm 139. And I, I really, uh, I love this psalm. I know some of you have probably memorized it, and, and I commend you. I've, I, I've been trying to memorize it, but my brain is, is not that, um, not as young as it used to be. But I want you to look at Psalm 139, and we're just going to look at a, a couple of verses of it today. I, I was, I was going to read it, but it's a long uh, a psalm, so I'm just going to read a few verses to you just quickly before we dive into it. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind and before. You laid your hand upon, and you laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain it. So Psalm 139, 1 through 3, Lord, you have searched me and known me. What does this tell us about God? You know when I sit down and I rise up, you understand my thoughts from afar. Well, what this tells us about God and how it relates to confession is that we reveal nothing to God. Nothing. He knows everything about us, every deed, every thought, every impulse, every desire, everything you do. Okay, so keep that. We, we know that. We, we sort of understand that inherently. We, we've read the Psalms. We, we, we've read all, all the places in the Bible about God's omniscience. But when we think about our lives and when we think about the way we act and, and the things we do, I think as Bobby uh, said at the, at the retreat, we, we do things we would never do in front of other men, in front of an almighty God. I think that's what he said. Um, and that's, that's convicting, but you know what? I want you to think about this as well. Uh, because we don't bring our deeds to our lips, even though we know God knows everything we do, as if we are, I think, sometimes thinking we can hide it from him. And confession is to help us grow and get over that. Because if you think about this, God knows everything you do, everything you did today, okay, every, every thought, Every little anger, everything you've looked at all your life, everything you've drank all your life, whatever you've done, God's seen it all. It's all laid out before him. And yet, he forgives you, and yet, he loves you. So this is not a God that's sitting on high waiting to smite us. It's okay. It's okay to confess. It's okay to tell him. You're not revealing anything new um, anyway. So we know, just uh, as, a, as an introductory matter, that we know God knows all things about us. But here we read in Psalm 139, 4 through 6, Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You've enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I cannot attain it. I would submit to you that this tells us something more about God that he knows a lot, we don't. 
And I would submit that he knows a lot about us that we don't. Okay? Now, the question always comes up with confession. It comes up for me, certainly. Um, why do I have to confess in community? Why do I got to confess in front of other dudes? Why do I have to, you know, talk to other people about this? Why can't I go in my private place and talk to God and let that be it? Um, First of all, you can. Private confession is very important. And don't let anybody tell you that any human mediator is necessary for God to forgive you. Okay? You don't need to confess to the Pope or anybody else uh, in order to have God's forgiveness. I submit to you this morning, what I want to kind of get across to you from a practical standpoint or some points is why it is important to confess in community. And it has to do, in part, uh, with this idea that there are things about us we don't know about ourselves that God reveals to us uh, in different ways and as he chooses. All right, so we're going to move from... Uh, we're going to move from theology, or from the, from the book of Psalms to the book of Hillman. You've heard of the book of Hillman, right? It would have been in the canon. It was written about 1,500 years too late, though. Uh, it's a book. Actually, it's, it, there is no such book. Um, but this is a, 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 a metaphor that I've um, borrowed from a Dallas Theological Seminary prophet um, uh, by the name of Dr. Hillman. And I've done, you know, I've played around with it and made it my own. Um, and, and some of you may be familiar with this, but I want you all to think for a minute about yourselves and your lives as a house, okay? You can be any kind of house you want. You're all mansions, right? That's fine. Or some of you maybe are castles. I don't know. Um, but your, your life is a house, and every house has four things. A bookshelf. A junk drawer, a septic, and don't, don't go all, you know, I got a sewer. You know, I understand if you're at the sewer. This is, this is my metaphor. You're all old houses, you all have septics. <laughs> and a cow on the roof. What? Yeah, we'll get to that. So let's start with the bookshelf. What is the bookshelf? The bookshelf is everything you know about yourself and you want everyone else to know about you. Right? Isn't that kind of what you do? Like if you have a bookshelf and you want to put stuff up there that kind of speaks about you. Maybe some of you guys who can't read have a trophy shelf. You put it up there. You put everything about you. That was a joke that didn't go down. Okay, so you have a bookshelf. It's everything you want to know, everything um, you know about yourself that everyone wants to know about you. We often confess from our bookshelves. I think. Or at least we sometimes do, right? Anybody want to confess to doing that? <laughs> what, what, what do I mean by this? Like, okay, man, I was at the gym the other day, uh, and, you know, I was working out. I was bench pressing like 250, man, and it, I probably did like 16 reps, and, and, and I didn't even notice this guy was standing there waiting, you know, and, and so I, you know, but, you know, I was, that was such a good time. Two, it wasn't 250. It was like more like 275. Yeah, so when I did my second round, it was like 50 reps that time, and then it was 300 pounds, I think. And anyway, that point is that well, I didn't even notice this guy was waiting, and I feel so bad about holding him up. <laughs> you, ever, you ever, I mean... No. <laughs> no, somebody... 
Anyway, don't confess from your bookshelf. It's annoying, and it doesn't help. Okay? Our junk drawers. What's in our junk drawer? You all have a junk drawer, right? Everybody's got a junk drawer. Some people have, like, junk closets. And junk, I have a junk garage. You wouldn't believe it. Um, yeah, the junk drawer is all that stuff that you have in your house, and you throw it in this drawer because you're trying to get it out of the way because company's going to be over in five minutes, and, and maybe your wife is, is, is a little bit annoyed that you left your stuff everywhere, and you've got to get rid of it quick. And just, boom, you stick it in the junk drawer, right? We all have one of these in our kitchens or wherever. Well, our junk drawer is all the stuff you know about yourself, but you don't want anyone else to know. Okay? This is often the stuff of our private confessions to God. And that's good if we do confess. Okay? So, next you have, well, there you have it. You understand my thoughts from afar. So, the Lord knows all the stuff in your junk drawer. The point there just bears repeating. Next you have a cow on your roof. You all got cows on your roofs, right? Greg, do you have a cow on your roof? I haven't been up there in a while. So. <laughs> Good answer. Well, I'll tell you what. You're sitting inside your house, and you're looking out your bay window at me, and you're saying you're not sure if you have a cow on your roof, but I'm standing on the, on the curb, and I'm telling you, you got a cow on your roof. you got a cow on your roof, and it's starting to smell, okay? And I can't believe you'd even notice it. Cow on your roof is all the stuff other people see in you that you don't see in yourself. And all of a sudden, things start to get a little more important in terms of confession and community. This is why we need a band of brothers and, uh, and uh, to surround us and to be in conversation about these things. Why, why is this important? Because um, there may be things that you confess uh, to that uh, somebody sees in a different light. And it's important to root those out. And things you, uh, other people see about you and that you can't see. Okay. And finally, we have the septic. Oh, I'll go ahead and put that up there. Your septic are things that you nor anyone else can really see. They're underground you know it's probably there, maybe, because something doesn't smell right. All right? Let me, um, let me take one minute to, to share with you something uh, on this, a small testimony of a, of a person I knew. At, uh, as a former church I used to go to, and there was a young man who came, uh, started going to the church. And I was actually in the church band, believe it or not. Um, it was a small church, a desperate <laughs> church. Um, but I knew three chords, and that was enough. Um, this guy came, and he started joining the band, and he started showing up. Uh, nicest guy. I mean, he's just a real, really good guy, and I, I, I liked him a lot. Um, but he started coming to band practice, and I literally could smell something. Okay, I smelled something on his breath. Okay, and it wasn't as though, and what I smelled on his breath, as you can imagine, was alcohol. And it wasn't as though we were practicing, you know, at night after he had had, you know, dinner and a, and a glass of wine. It was, began practicing in the afternoons, and I could smell this, and I thought, well, that's a little odd. And then we started practicing before church, 
8 o'clock in the morning, and I'm smelling something on this, this fellow's breath. I knew he was going through some things. He was going through a divorce. Um, but there was something more there, and I just couldn't put my finger on it. Um, I, I talked to him. I, I never confronted him about, you know, hey, I, I think you're, uh, you know, I think you may have an issue here. You're, you're, it's, 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 it's Sunday morning, and you're, you're, you've been drinking. Uh, one day, and um, the pastor of the church found him in the kitchen with uh, pouring a, a, a flask of liquor into a, into a coffee cup. I'm not going to judge whether that was the right thing to do or not, uh, but he disappeared. And uh, a few months maybe later, I got a call from him, and he said, hey, uh, I'm in trouble. The police are at my house, and they're waiting to arrest me. And I, uh, I said, oh, okay. You know, what can I do for you? And, and, and I'll, I'll pray for you. What can I do? I, I, I said, you think, you know, you, you, probably, you need to go turn yourself in. If they're waiting for you, you can't run. And he said, I am. I'm going to do that. Um, he had some stuff that he wanted to give to uh, our charity, 2540, and because he said, I'm going to lose it all anyway. And all of a sudden, you know, red flags are going off in my head. Um, he goes... In the next thing I know, he's, he's in jail, and his brother calls me and says, uh, we need a lawyer. Can you help us find one? Uh, I had never spoken to his brother before. He, was, he had told his brother, call, call this guy Alec. He's a lawyer. Maybe he knows somebody. I said, well, I can help you with that, um, but I need to know what he, a little more about what he did because this is a criminal matter, and there's different kinds of criminal law, and you, don't, you, have one, you can have a fraud lawyer, or you can have a murder lawyer, you know? Um, can you just give me a sense of what he did? But I hated it. I didn't want to ask that question because I, I had a few things in mind, and I was sitting there on the phone praying, let this be drugs, God. Just let this be drugs. And he s it wasn't drugs. Um, it was a pornography charge. It was a making pornography charge that involved his own daughter. I talked to his brother that day, and his brother said to me, we were abused as children by one person for many years. And I don't know what happened to him. I'm not going to say his name. Um, but I got help. And he didn't. Um, that's a really hard story. And I'm sorry to share it with you all, but I think it's important. Um, his brother was okay. His brother was married. His brother had a life. His brother was restored, but this, this person, um, he had something very big in his septic tank, and he never got it out, and it leaked into the life of another, of a child. So for me, um, it's important. It's important that we look at our our septic tanks, but it's important that we do it in community, that we are able to understand what may be below the surface of some of our sins, okay? And that we help each other to really kind of root these things out. So um, that is why I encourage you to confess. Um, confession, Foster says, is a difficult discipline for us. 
because we all too often view the believing community as a fellowship of saints before we see them as a fellowship of sinners. Brothers, we are a fellowship of sinners. There's not a saint in this room. And that is, in one sense, a beautiful thing. Why? It's beautiful because it shows us God's beautiful plan for his people. He knows he alone can carry the day on any of these matters, but he, he blesses us to be a part of what carries each other through. So we're either in his plan or we're out of it. And confessing, confessing to one another, and confessing to God, it's a big part of his plan. So my prayer for you today, as I'm just going to wrap up here, um, is that maybe you, I hope you've seen confession in a little different light. Um, it's an opportunity. It's not a burden. God is a loving Father, and he wants you to own your sins so he can help you deal with them, so he can own you, so he can have you back, so he can have you restored more to Christ-likeness. Uh, I want to close right now with a prayer. And I want you to pray it with me. I want you to pray these words with me, and I want you then to, um, to think about what we're asking of God here, what you're asking of God. Have him enter into your life. To have him reveal to you all that he knows. And to have him reveal to you through his means and not yours. So just, just say this with me, if you would. God, our Father in heaven, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there are any hurtful ways in me. And lead me in the everlasting way. Amen. Thanks.